You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Worship Review, the podcast that charitably and critically examines the songs that we sing in church. My name is Colin. I am a historian and history professor at a research university in the Midwest of the United States. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host Tyler. I'm Tyler. I am a linguist and also a graduate student, so take of that what you will. I don't know if that says good or bad things about me. And, uh, well, normally we've we've been going through and talking about songs, but for the last couple of episodes, we've talked about what makes for a good worship song, and we have one last kind of discussion episode to do before we get back into reviewing songs. And that is, we wanted to talk today about what makes a Dove Award song, because we've just spent, I don't know, Tyler, a lot. We, we spent, what, 20-something episodes talking about Dove Award winning songs? Yeah, yeah, I think 25 or so, and then yeah. some interviews on top of that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and of course, yeah, about half of those were interviews with pastors, worship leaders, songwriters, uh, podcasters, and so on. So we're going to wrap that up today. This, just, this should be considered the wrap-up episode for this series of songs. Songs. And Tyler, just by way of uh, looking forward, what are we going to do after this series? Yeah, so we have been comparing songs on our five-point scale for a while. But other than the rare song, which does merit a five, we haven't actually given examples of what hits that bar for us or meets that uh, requirement. So we're going to take uh, time to review five songs each. So five from Colin and five from Tyler. And each of these five songs is what what the what one of us would consider to be a five point song. So I guess the series could be five fives. Um, well, from each of us. So then ten fives. We're still working on the marketing side of things. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the the idea is uh, to introduce songs that we think are very very good and then review them together. And it may be the case that each of us is familiar with a five and uh, both like it. It may be the case that. Only one of us is familiar with it, and so the other person can get introduced to it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that both of the hosts will think that the song is a five. So Colin could like some absolutely horrible song and uh, introduce it as a five, and we could talk through it, and I could show him the error of his ways, which is uh, the case in, in many different things. But uh, to do it on this podcast would be very satisfying. So uh, that's one big change shift that I guess you could say we're doing. And we are also moving from doing a kind of serial podcast where we'll have a series and then not that serial podcast, the very famous one. <laughs> I don't but, know, Tyler. I really like Banana Nut Crunch and Blueberry Morning. Those are easily the best. And Cinnamon <laughs> Life, of course, is better than regular life. Oh, no, we could have like the Cornflake Review or something. No, I wasn't thinking of, funnily enough, that serial. But there's a very famous podcast called Serial about uh, uh, a man who was... It was run by NPR. Even even talking about the um, 
podcast reveals what people think about the case, but it's essentially a murder case uh, where the facts concerning the victim's death don't really line up very well with witness testimony, but a man was convicted and recently was released over this this, uh, case. And so... I mean, it was probably one of the biggest podcasts of the last five or ten years. Let's say. Hmm. You, have you heard of Serial? S E R I A L. No. Well, this does this is this have any relation to the whatever it is, making a murderer or whatever it was, or the making of a. Oh yeah, murderer. making a, making of a murder podcast or something like that. Well, it was a Netflix show about a guy named Adnan. I don't know. I never watched it, but everyone supposedly watched it. Yeah. In any event, we're moving from talking about uh, episodes grouped in series to uh, a mere enumeration of episodes. So we'll shift to that system with the pivot from this uh, GMA Double Word uh, song uh, series so that we can essentially branch out more. We don't necessarily need to continue doing the same thing, but we can intersperse episodes with interviews or um, commentary without interrupting the continuity of the show. So that's another big change. Just for our listeners that, you know, you know, Tyler tends to explain things in the most convoluted way possible. What he just, what he meant is we're going to numbering from like episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and not series one, episode one, et cetera. Do you really that, think that, I explain things in the most convoluted way possible? There are times. <laughs> well, I, so at least for me, maybe I'm doing it now. I try and think of the proper terms, or I guess the most descriptive terms for something. And so then I, I do that. So like, for example, for example, I was saying we're moving from serial, uh, issuance of podcasts to mere enumeration of podcasts, which to me, that's a very concise way of summing it up, but maybe that makes it harder to understand. Your Honor, the prosecution rests its case. <laughs> okay, Tyler, let me try again. Uh, we we know do season, we do number always. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Just caveman <yeah>. speech? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um <laughs> All right, so Tyler, so Tyler, I guess maybe I'll just ask the broad question, uh, and we can talk in some detail. Um, what we reviewed, however many Dove Award songs, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. What what is your impression from that set of songs as to what actually makes a Dove Award nominee or winning song? Yeah, uh, that's a good question, and I would say it's it's unfortunately it's a mixed bag. There isn't really a very concise. Um, summary that you can give because the songs are quite diverse that make it to the top. Um, Aside from the obvious uh, fact that they're all contemporary Christian music, there's nothing that uh, clearly unites them. um, Okay. I'm now very self-conscious about how I explain things. So (laughs) just go for it. Let me do a two part answer here. Part one. Nominees. Nominees are a very, very diverse bunch of songs. Uh, from a stylistic perspective, uh, sometimes they're uh, rock-oriented, sometimes it's like singer-songwriter-oriented, sometimes uh, it's southern rock influence. sometimes it's gospel influence. sometimes it's an African super hit that crossed the Atlantic and made its way to the top. So I would say nominees are very, uh, I guess... Um, non-unified bunch. But I do think for the winners, for example, for Song of the Year, I have some uh, data on the last 10 years. And I think there are some things that really do unite uh, winners of Song of the Year. And 
And they uh, are what? Insistence on scripture, objective truth, all the things that we talked about <laughs> the last couple episodes, right? No, I wouldn't say that. I, I would <laughs> uh, I would say that they're actually, um, again, this, th- there are different, they're different songs, and so each of them is different. Some of them really do seem to be quite uh, scripturally rich and theologically potent. Some of them are quite the opposite, so... Uh, theologically thin or even completely errant, which I think you agree with for a song that was nominated and won in 2018, uh, such as Reckless Love, where, yes, the intent was clear. Uh, The intent seemed to be to describe God's love in a way that uh, maybe broke with norms or made it seem quite uh, quite extravagant, which it it is, um, but it did it in a careless way. And so you end up with with a song that I think no, no responsible Christian should have in a church and yet one. So, uh, yeah, that would be that would be my response. And I think, it, I mean, even in this series, we had some fives, we had some ones, we had a lot of threes. A lot of them, I think, kind of hit the middling ground on our rating scale in terms of content. Would that be your assessment too, Colin? Yeah, Not that to sounds ask right a leading question. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, why don't I go through the last 10 years of GMA Dove Award Song of the Year winners? Does that sound good? Yeah. So in 2021, last year, at the time of this recording, uh, The Blessing won Song of the Year by Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, and Elevation Worship. And the songwriters were also Carrie Job and Cody Carnes, joined by Chris Brown of Elevation Worship and Stephen Furtick of Elevation Worship. And this song uh, emphasizes God's blessing for his people. It takes the ironic blessing and uh, makes it a very, very powerful, uh, I want to say pop sounding, but it's really more, it's that characteristic of worship music that resembles pop, but is also mixed with like really, really, really heavy, powerful music, I guess you could say. And so that one in 2021, and I think as we said on our episode about that song, uh, that one seemed to be somewhat topical to the state of the world broadly uh, at the time in 2021. I mean, it was talking about blessing on you and your children and your family uh, in a time where it, it, it uh, most people were very nervous about uh, their futures and about the futures of the child- their children in the world. So mm-hmm. uh, that one won. In 2020, the song that won was Waymaker by Sinatch, um, which we've also done on this podcast, uh, done a review of. And it still remains to this day one of our most listened to episodes. Yes, people love listening to that review, or at least they listen to it a lot. I don't know if they yeah, or love they love it. to hate it, maybe too, right? <laughs> maybe they may be sharing it with their friends saying, Can you believe these guys? <laughs> these buffoons. <laughs> yes. Uh, in 2019, Lauren Daigle's You Say won. Which, this is a curious one because um, unlike The Blessing or Waymaker, uh, You Say seems to be more of a radio song, even in, at least in my imagination, than a church song. I really can't imagine a church doing You Say. I'm sure it happens. In the same way that I can imagine a church doing The Blessing by Elevation Worship. Uh, because it just seems so much more introspective and a commentary on a person's um, uh, uh, incongruence between what the person is saying about him or herself and what God says about that person in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that one's kind of interesting. In 2018, Corey Asbury's uh, super hit Reckless Love rocked the charts and the double awards, taking the top prize, Colin's absolute favorite. I might have to get him a signed poster of that one. That in 2017... I de- totally hang it up. <laughs> you... <laughs> Hey, hang it up where, though? That's the question. 
uh, 2017's Hillsong, What a Beautiful Name, uh, won. In 2016, Chris Tomlin's Good Good Father won. Uh, Lauren Daigle has another song called How Can It Be that won in 2015. In 2014, uh, Hillsong's Oceans won. In 2013, Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons won, which we found doesn't actually have quite as many reasons as you might think. And in 2012, a song called Blessings by Laura Story won. So the second time in 10 years that a song with the name Blessing in it uh, won a a Dove Award, which is probably not surprising given these are Christian uh, awards. So I would say you have there represented quite a broad array of uh, musicians. I mean, we have, for example, two different singer-songwriters, Laura Story and Sinatch, who wrote their own songs and then sang their own songs, um, who won. And then we have eight different songwriting teams of multiple people um, who put together the songs, five of which also include performers of those songs. So in total, uh, in seven of ten GMA Dove Award winners, the people performing the songs were at least involved in the writing of the songs, which I think is, is this is different than what you might expect. Especially uh, if you've listened to some of our episodes on uh, some of the uh, inner workings of uh, the Christian music industry. Not that we would know about that, but when we have guests on who do know about that, often we get to learn a little bit more about the songwriting process. And uh, I think my... Uh, conception was that a lot of these artists are singing songs that they themselves didn't write. And so, at least in this case, um, only two of them wrote their own songs, but five of eight of the other, five of the other eight songs that won did have at least uh, accredited uh, the singers in the songwriting process. So it's not clear to what extent they were involved, but it seems like it's, it's a lot more than zero and uh, that I find interesting. Mm. So, I'm, for, for example, uh, 10,000 Reasons is uh, attributed to Jonas, Myron, and Matt Redman. So it, it seems mm-hmm. as if this wasn't a song that Matt Redman picked up and just started uh, singing it and made a lot of success on it. Mm-hmm. So just that's just on uh, kind of the songwriter composition. I also have some commentary on the tempos. Okay, are you ready for this? Really, Tyler? The tempos? The tempos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the tempos. Dig in deep. I I think you won't be surprised by the finding, but I was surprised by the consistency, okay? So without naming the songs again, the past 10 years, these were the tempos of the song. 70 beats per minute, 66 beats per minute, 74 beats per minute, 83 beats per minute, 68 beats per minute, 50 beats per minute, 76 beats per minute. 66 beats per minute, 73 beats per minute, and 58 beats per minute. Colin. Oh, wow. Do do those numbers indicate anything to you? Yeah, well, it's... So, first of all, they're slower than the typical pop song by quite a bit. Typical pop song is 120 beats per minute. So, these are all roughly half that. Seem to hover, though, right around... Just slightly more than half that. So, right around 65, 70, with the one outlier being Chris Tomlin, right? Yeah. So, The Good Good Father was... Good Father is 50 beats per minute, uh, but even that is kind of obscured by the fact that it's it's like a slow four with three subdivisions per beat. So it's like, I've heard a thousand stories. So it kind of shuffles. So it's slow, but it moves. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's exactly as you said. I looked at the mean of those numbers and it's 67.4. And then I thought, well, maybe the outliers are skewing this a little bit. So I looked at the median and it's also 67. So it seems like if you want your song (laughs) to win a Dove Award, 67 might be the number for you because 
Uh, These songs all hover right around there. Uh, I have some ideas about why that might be, uh, but I just wonder, do you you have any thoughts on why the high 60s, low 70s might be a place to put a worship song? I I would guess, here's what I'm going to guess. Okay, so with a Christian song, a a worship song especially, but even a song that Becky uh, has to listen to in the car, and Becky is the the supposed uh, epitome of the demographic that these songs are going for, according to some industry insiders that we've talked to, this uh, kind of 30s-something mother who drives along in her minivan and has, you know, is married, but is, you know, slightly dissatisfied and is kind of vaguely a Christian. Anyway, so a person like Becky, first of all, she has to understand the lyrics. So you may not be able to do 120 beats per minute because uh, in some cases, the lyrics will come at you so fast that she can't actually hear them and can't, like, she needs to be able to understand them and be kind of reassured that they're at least vaguely Christian. So just for listeners who might not be used to think about tempos, uh, a clock ticks at 60 beats per minute, once per second. And so you can think 67, okay, maybe 10% faster than a clock. That's not very fast. If you think about a clock ticking going, dumb, 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 dumb. But that's essentially what you're finding with these uh, successful worship songs is they're hovering right around that uh, slowish, just faster than a clock tempo. A lot of, in in concert music, a lot of marches are set between 120 and 140, so in that range. Uh, Songs that are that fast feel very, very peppy. They move pretty quickly. And I think if there's anything you can say of GMA Dove Award winners is that peppy is not an adjective that fits them. Uh, they tend to be contemplative. They tend to be introspective. What is it, Colin? So the hu- resting human heart rate tends to be between 60 and 100 beats per minute. And I have to think when somebody is dri- just driving in their car or just doing some basic activity, they're closer to that kind of 60, 70 range. So um, the, I think the tempo has something to do with the you know the kind of heart heart rate. I also noticed a few things about the keys. And of course, uh, we're dealing here with a small set of data, right? We're dealing with only 10 data points. So it's very hard to uh, draw conclusions from only 10 data points. But with that being said, I took a look at the keys that the songs are sung in. And this this might be surprising too. We have B, B, F, G flat, D, D, G, D, G, and B. So that is to say we have three Bs, three Ds, two Gs, one G flat, and one F. So it's actually quite a widespread. I would have thought Hmm. that maybe they would have all stayed near one range. Um, But in that, there are effectively three zones that you can write a song in. There's the B zone, there's the D zone, and then there's the fg zone um mm-hmm. and uh if you look at the b the key the songs that are in the key of b uh these songs are that won double awards in the last 10 years um only women win double award songs in that key does that make sense Wait, which which key in the key of b so okay uh waymaker the blessing and um uh, blessings by Laura Story. So we have three songs which have female vocals that are very prominent, and they're all in the key of B. In the D range, there are two songs headed by female vocals and one by male vocals. And then in the F and G range, it's a perfect split. And so it seems like if if you're writing a worship song, uh, if it's in, if you want to have a strong female vocal, you might want to put it in B. Uh, if you uh, don't care that much, you can put it in a D or F to G for men. And I think F and G makes sense because uh, the men that are leading these songs tend to be tenors. And so they have a pretty high, high range there. Not high enough to sing a song in B in a kind of alto range, but just high enough to hit, you know, like a high D or something like that. Um, if they yeah, need that to. makes sense. 
<clears throat> and yep. uh, again, another thing I was surprised about is that um, there are only two songwriters who appear twice on this list, uh, and that is Jason Ingram and Paul Maybury. And they appear twice together, both on Lauren Daigle songs. And so it doesn't seem like there's some ah. uh, cabal of songwriters who dominate the uh, the Song of the Year winners. Uh, perhaps you could make that argument for the nominees and that some people get nominated every year. But the winners are actually quite well spread around, I would say. I, I bet if someone were to expand this for nominees, I bet there are a hand. I bet you would be more likely to see than a handful of names that emerge over and over and over again. Yeah, certainly. And if you looked at, uh, say, total number of, um, yeah, if you looked at total number of nominations, these these uh, groups that pump out a lot of songs would beat a singer songwriter probably every time because um, the singer songwriter is yeah. not producing nearly as not as much. Um, and then we get to the idea of uh, the th- the theme. So moving beyond the music itself, and we look at the themes of these songs. And uh, I mean, the obvious one is blessing, God blessing us. This was uh, you see this in uh, the blessing. You also see this in the song called. Uh, blessings and you see it in some implicit ways too like in lauren daigle's you say this idea that uh, god has said something different about me than these uh, other things and has blessed me uh, in that way and there's also the idea of blessing to god so this this doesn't seem to be as prominent but Ten Thousand reasons does uh, uh echoing the psalms emphasize the need to bless the Lord and to praise him and worship him. However, that seems to be less prominent. I, I don't know. Uh, okay, Good Good Father does this kind of implicitly in that uh, there are, there's this refrain, you're perfect in all of your ways, just emphasizing yeah. uh, God's perfection. Um, but not many of these songs, I would say, are songs directed to the praise of God specifically. Uh, and then there's also the recurring theme that God is good to us. Um, this, this pops up in Good Good Father and also in in reckless love uh, funnily funnily enough so um yeah yeah just some recurring themes a lot of them are uh i would just say uplifting in their general tone and i actually noticed just from anecdotal evidence i remember talking to someone uh about christian worship music and she said this this is my favorite kind of music and this kind of surprised me and so i said which is weird i guess to say because i'm a podcast host on christian worship music but uh i said well what what is it that you like so much and she said well i find them very uplifting and inspirational and i could see that just looking at these winners i mean uh you say is a very uplifting song uh the blessing is obviously uplifting waymaker is uplifting uh reckless love is trying Mm. to be uplifting um good good father is uplifting oceans Mm. i think is trying to be uplifting despite it being um kind of muddled and confusing yeah Uh, sure i think oceans both lyrically and musically does try and pump you up and there's a moment where i I mean i said it's at 66 beats per minute in my in my uh data that's with that's when the the the, you know the drummer is not playing it right this drummer (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah and in yeah in that video he actually accelerates the tempo he ratchets it up a little bit she she had the the worship leader had started it at the right tempo or similar tempo and then he came in there and just uh took it to the moon but in in the original recording of the song, which is obviously what wins the double award, uh, I think it's a devil time. I think it's um um and you are mine, oh, 
like she doesn't change her tempo, but then yeah. we have dum dum da dum dum da dum dum da 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 dum. And I think that's why that that is so funny in that music video, or not in the music video, but in that YouTube video of that church, is that the guy doesn't double time. He just starts speeding up. And so it's like he just begins at 66 and he arrives somewhere at like 150 rather than like going from 66 yeah. to 132 or whatever. So yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's what's funny. Um, so yeah, I guess I would say those are my thoughts and reflection. I, I, I wish I had more to say uh, about what unifies these songs, but in fact, they're, they're quite, they're quite diverse in their own little niche. Now that niche is, it has its stereotypes, right? Sure. The niche is these are, um, it, it's not its own style of music. It is inherently derivative of the music that the culture produces. Um, yeah. But in in that niche, it is, it's not that these songs are carbon copies of one another. No, but I mean, somebody could say that there is, you could potentially fit these songs in a genre if you took, even if you took out whatever the lyrical content was, a lot of these songs would be stylistically similar-ish in that the types of instruments that are used and the cadence, the melody, right? It's this is a particular kind of yeah. of music at this point. Yeah, I mean there's no rap here. There's no thrash metal. There's no salsa. There's no yeah. samba and so on and so forth. I mean, it is its own niche, but it's a niche that uh, derives all of its attributes from one corner of pop music or another. Yeah. I, I mean, I and I think that's significant because we're ostensibly talking about music that, again, is sung, if not in the church, is at least sung by and for Christians. And it, in the same way that somebody could critique our podcast and say, well, worship review. Well, there's a lot more to worship than just what you guys are reviewing. And you could even make a more narrow case and say, well, there's a lot more to Christian music. You know, the Dove Award is supposed to represent Christian music. And obviously they have other categories for other types of music, but it's fascinating that the winners tend to overwhelmingly be this kind of mushy genre of soft rock-ish mm -hmm. type you know, pop music and not anything else. And again, yes, it's true that probably many evangelical-ish churches have this sort of music in their church, churches, but a lot of churches also don't use this kind of music. And, you know, there, there are there's still new songs that are being written in other genres, in other types of churches, and yet, you know, it's not even going to get a look by anybody at a Dove Award. So it is a very, the Dove Awards are looking at a very narrow set of music in the church and music for the church. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. There Which is fine. I'm of... not it's not there's not a value judgment there. It's just that's kind of what it is. So somebody might say, "Oh, this is the best, you know, is this is this the best Christian song or I mean, well no, not really." And they they do qualify it I think by contemporary do they qualify it that what their awards are as contemporary Christian music? Do they do they qualify it that way? The Dove Award is an accolade by the Gospel Music Association to recognize outstanding achievement in the Christian music industry. So, okay. So the Christian music industry, and I think maybe that is the key term, is industry. Yep. So music that is made for profit. Yeah. In this yeah, in this industry. In the business. Yeah, the most prominent yeah. names in the business. Yeah. So again, not a value judgment. There's nothing wrong with Christians manufacturing things as they would in industry. There's nothing wrong with Christians selling things. So none of this is a value judgment. But I'm, I imagine that there's an implicit hope maybe that many Christians will assume that what the Dove Award represents is Christian music generally. And I guess that is definitely not true. And one of the things I hope our next series does 
is that it brings to light some Christian music that is at least on the periphery of the industry or the business Mm -hmm. and brings to light some music that is very, very good, but that maybe is not selling like hotcakes. Because that is what the industry does. It's how it has to, it has to produce things that sell in order to sustain itself. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, what does achievement mean? What, what, what were the, what was it that it's recognizes achievement? And so uh, from the Dove Awards website, doubleawards.com, since 1969, the Gospel Music Association, GMA, Dove Awards, has honored outstanding achievements and excellence in Christian music. Outstanding achievements okay. and excellence. Achievements and excellence being, despite long words, actually kind of nebulous. Does that mean selling yeah. a lot? Does that mean achieving really thoughtful uh, lyrics? Does that mean excelling in uh, producing the music or doing a lot of shows? What does this mean? Yeah. Any other comments then, Colin, as we wrap up the series? No. It, apart from, this was a fun series. I We obviously haven't said anything about the interviews. I'll just say that was incredibly illuminating. Everyone we spoke with, I thought, had something to teach me or just that I found really helpful in terms of what we're doing with this podcast or some insight into the process of creating or producing or talking about music that's sung in church. I mean, we interviewed a wide range of people. We talked to pastors and podcasters and uh, philosophers, and it was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciated the pastors and elders probably the most, people that and it was really encouraging to hear how some of them are really attentive and careful about the songs that they sang. And it was kind of affirming, too, to hear some of the pastors, elders, and also songwriters uh, talk about how careful they were about songs that are sung in their churches. Like, they took it they took it really, really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I found that really encouraging. Yeah, I can remember talking to Nathan Partain in particular about, you know, handling the actually more hands-on side of being a worship pastor um, yeah. in his church and, and not just what that looks like for uh, Sunday mornings, but what that looks like every day of the week. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, Dave from KD Music as well, talking to him uh, about his, his work there in Ireland. Um, I mean, we've had podcasters on, um, church planners in uh, Germany, which was exciting too. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, what a fun couple. Just, oh, Arthur and Caitlin. Yes. Yeah, just really yeah. cool to hear them. <laughs> and uh, I, I loved that Caitlin was like still loved this song even after yeah uh, at the end of the episode i really appreciated that and yeah i can respect her um and agree even with her uh perception of it as being better in the translation than in english Mm -hmm. yeah so if we wanted one thing we do when we series wrap is sometimes we talk about revised ratings and i actually think i would revise my rating Mm -hmm. of that i think i would bump it up to a two i think i gave it a one Mm. uh, and i think i'd bump it up to a two I think I think Caitlin was right, mm-hmm. or at least was I, I. At least I think she was more right than I initially gave her credit for. Yeah, or at least as my rating suggests. I also enjoyed having Vince on from the Berean test. And, oh man, that uh, was great. Just talking to him because you know it, when you're in this little niche space, it's good to know uh, the other actors in the space. And yeah. uh, I'm glad. I'm very very thankful that he's in it with us. Well, I mean Vince Vince is number one, right? Like Vince is uh, is sort of the leader, right? Yeah. It's his his website that's been around for a long time. Uh, we do things differently than him in, in many respects, but you can't 
you have to acknowledge like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's there first. He's super thorough about what he does. Um, I think there are a lot of people. I mean, I don't know what the traffic is on his website, but just based on the comments, a lot of people go to his website. Yeah. And uh, speaking of of guys who outshine us, we had Daniel J. Mount on, uh, whose expository songs project has uh, or will have very soon close to 30,000 different Christian worship songs or praise songs or hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also had Dave Sipe on, who uh, uh, runs or I guess ran Kingsway Talk. I think he's actually taken a hiatus from that um in order to focus on some other things and uh had a really good conversation about chain breaker with him so it's just been a really uh really refreshing uh series all the interviews were enjoyable for for various reasons yeah, you know absolutely i mean I'll, I'll mention just a couple more not to mention names but just to just to say a few more things about some folks that i think are worth mentioning i really like getting a chance to talk to carrie baldwin i've been a um i've kind of admired some of her philosophical and political work uh she seems like a really thoughtful an articulate person. I was really impressed when I saw her abortion debate and I was thrilled that she was willing to come on. Um, and also, um, uh, David from the Goldsmith Odyssey, um, who's a person who has given us feedback before just on our podcast. I don't know when he started listening, but um, has just reliably, I think this podcast is twice as good than it originally was because of uh, David's just input and thoughtfulness. And yeah, that, so that was a real pleasure to get to talk with him and yeah. kind of hear him get to just talk about some things that were, um, that he, you know, where he wasn't just responding to things that we were talking about, where he could just uh, lead the conversation and give some thoughts. And I, I'd love to talk with him again at some point too. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that we'll interview people more in the future. I'm sure we will, but we'll probably just do it on an ad hoc basis. Yeah. I mean, and that's part of the shift to number yeah. episodes too. So yeah. it's been a really good good series. Uh, I've learned a lot. I mean, we have really covered a ton of ground since we had Dave from the Goldsmith Odyssey on uh, in March, right? Wow. That's a lot of ground. It's now October for comparison. So um, seven months of really fascinating interviews and um, sometimes good uh, Dove Award songs uh, has been really, really encouraging to me. So looking forward to our next phase of the podcast. All right. Well, let's move that direction. So thank you, listeners, very much for uh, your support, whether that means listening to the podcast or it means telling your friends about the podcast. We certainly would appreciate both of those things as you continue to support the podcast. Don't hesitate also to send us a, a little tip uh, buy us a cup of coffee, I think, as they say these days. Uh, anchor f- anchor.fm slash the worship review. You can do that at, uh, you know, send, send us your Bitcoin, send us your US dollars, send us your, your old German Deutschmarks, um, which are no longer valid, but Tyler would appreciate them. All right. Well, anyway, thanks a bunch for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the worship review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at Anchor FM slash The Worship Review and Patreon.com slash The Worship Review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.